Welcome to the Sharp Betting Pod presented by Odds Jam with your hosts, Randall and Steve. You can follow us on Twitter at SharpBettingOJ. We are going to do this podcast twice a week to discuss the previous week in the NFL, as well as to take a look at the upcoming week in the NFL. Steve, thanks for coming on. Hey, Randall. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. For today's podcast, kind of want to focus on, you know, last week's NFL. And, you know, I know you have a power ratings model uh, that you use. And, yep. you know, is that something that, you know, you would mind sharing, um, you know, with our listeners? Just some of the power ratings on the games you had, you know, last week, you know, where you maybe saw value and, and maybe some that, you know, kind of lined up with the, you know, line that was given by the sports books. Yeah, absolutely. So just to give a little bit of a background for listeners who aren't familiar, um, pretty much every professional sports better does this. And actually the sports books themselves have a power rating system and that's how they come up with the line for the most part. Um, on very rare occasions, they'll deviate from it, but I would say probably 99% of the time um, they'll just open the line according to their power ratings. And then they'll let the market decide obviously which way the line moves. So there's a variety of ways to do it, but the way how I do it, and I think a lot of other professionals in this space, is you just rate the teams from basically 1 to 32, but it, it doesn't have to be like that because some teams can be tied. So basically how you do it is you start off with a base of 100, so that's the score of an average team. And then you know, depending on how many points you think a team is better or worse than an average team, you know, you just add a point. So for example – on my power ratings, um, I have the Bucks as my number one team in the league. I have them rated as 107.5. And then my number 31 ranked team is the Houston Texans, and they're at a 91. So they're nine points worse than an average team. And then, you know, obviously every other team falls somewhere um, in between. Um, and then what you basically do is you just take the rating of the team who's at home, and then every team has a rating for home field advantage. So for me, that ranges from one and a half points to four points. Um, the team that has the least home field is obviously, I mean, pretty much everyone knows this, the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, you know, they play in that small stadium. It's almost always filled with the opposing team's fans. I think um, last night they said there were 75% Raider fans. Now, obviously, you know, Las Vegas is close to LA so, and those fans travel extremely well as it is. But even, you know, if it's an average team that's um, or an average fan base, that's far away, it's still at least 50, 50. So for that reason, I don't give them the full three points. Uh, most teams I give three points, uh, a few teams I'll give three and a half like Baltimore or, you know, Denver because of the elevation. Uh, I actually am giving Oakland or Las Vegas rather got of saying that uh, three and a half in that Death Star, you know, especially this year early on, those uh, those fans are just raucous. And then there's a few stadiums that I give actually four points to. Um, not many. Kansas City, Seattle, and Minnesota, uh, mainly because of just the way how those stadiums are structured. Um, you know, Kansas City set the record, I think, for the loudest fan noise, which was then exceeded by Seattle. And obviously, Minnesota – uh, with that crazy school chant, uh, it's an insane environment. So that's basically how it works. And then, so you just add the home team, their rating plus the rating for the um, home field advantage, and then you subtract the rating for the other team, and that gives you, you know, what 
I think should be the quote unquote fair price, you know, what my power rating price is. And then you can compare it to the Las Vegas number. And if there's a, a discrepancy, then, you know, that's a starting point um, for the handicap. Now, obviously, you know, the power ratings are only as good as you are accurate, right? So if you're way off and you have a team power rate way higher than another team, but the power ratings aren't accurate, then it's, you know, it's worth nothing. So, you know, I, I'm not so cocky as to think that, you know, I have the best power ratings in the world or anything like that, but it's definitely a good starting point. And so far this season, um, it's been, it's been pretty spot on. I mean, last week, so the way how I usually do it is if there's a, three and a half point or more discrepancy, then I'll most likely bet that for at least a standard unit. Um, and yeah, last week I had my biggest discrepancy was Green Bay against Pittsburgh. Now I'm definitely higher on Green Bay than the market and a lot lower on um, Pittsburgh. So I had a massive discrepancy. I had five and a half points, which is actually the highest of the season. And um, so I, yeah, I had Green Bay. Was a 12 and a half point favorite at home. Then up winning the game by 10. So uh, that was a, that was a good play. And then on the flip side and um, you know, like as I touched on in the beginning um, every now and again, in like a very public, like highly publicized primetime game occasionally. And this is a topic for another day, really, but Las Vegas will um, open a spread, you know, shading the line to a specific side. And, you know, they did that uh, with that Bucks patriots game. You know, that was easily the most anticipated game of the year. And, you know, according to pretty much every, every respectable um, power rating, like mathematically the highest that the Bucks really could have been in that game was three and a half. I mean, that's what I had. And again, you know, I had Tampa Bay rated as the top team in the NFL. So, you know, my rating for Tampa couldn't have been any higher. And I had New England rated essentially – as an average team. Um, so, you know, if you take into account um, the home field advantage, so, you know, that would be Tampa Bay 107 uh, and a half. And then I actually had New England as one point better than an average team. And I, and I even after the last game, I, I think that's, I think that's accurate. I mean, Mac Jones definitely looks uh, very impressive for a rookie to say the least. Like his poise in that game, was really impressive. Like he threw the ball 40 times, he had no run game. And outside of that one dropped pick, you know, he really played a pretty much, I thought, uh, flawless game. But anyways, um, yeah, so, I mean, m my point spread for that game was um, Bucks three and a half. So there was three and a half points of value there. And, you know, you were crossing through the key number of seven and, you know, they ended up winning by two points. Um, so, you know, that was a very rare case where Vegas, in my opinion, you know, took a specific stand, you know, and they opened that line higher, uh, you know, as an intentional, um, as, yeah, just basically like, you know, they did it intentionally to entice the public to bet on the Patriot side because they knew, I mean, you know, the, the Sharps, we bet numbers, not teams. The betting public's the exact opposite. So whether they opened – the bucks at three and a half or six or seven and a half or 10, even, you know, the, the, the public would have likely have just blindly bet the bucks because they assumed, you know, Tom Brady was going to come in and it was a huge revenge game for him. And they were going to blow out, you know, the pathetic, you know, one and two Patriots, um, you know, no matter what the line would have been. So, um, 
that was that was an interesting game. And then I know you and I, uh, you know, we were both pretty high on the cards and maybe a little bit lower on the Rams than the majority of the market who, you know, the Rams were definitely the darling going into the season. And, you know, after they beat the Bucks, their stock really couldn't have been any higher. But I only had them as a, as a two and a half or as a two point favorite last week. And obviously the cards came in and ran them out of the stadium. Um, and then the two other ones, um, you know, and this was another case of a little bit of an overreaction. Uh, you know, I had the Bears as a seven-point favorite over the Lions, and that line opened at six. So, you know, my ratings and, you know, um, Vegas are very close in those two teams, but the betting public came in hard on the Lions after Fields' disaster of, of a performance in his first start, which got us a lot of line value. I know you like the Bears in that game as well. Uh, ended up being a pretty easy winner. Maybe had to sweat a little bit at the end, but ended up covering no, that, easily. That's uh, that's typical Chicago Bears football for anybody who watches it, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, exactly right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, with Nagy at the helm, I don't know if he'll make the whole season, but uh, field as well, yeah, I think if you're going to be laying any points with the Bears, uh, you better be ready to sweat if you're watching them. And then, yeah, the last game, the Chiefs. I mean, I still have the Chiefs, even though their defense has been horrendous. I mean, it's actually been historically bad. Um, they're allowing over 11 uh, yards per play, which is just absolutely insane. But I still, I mean, their offense is still elite. Um, you know, I, I still have a lot of faith in them. And the thing is, you know, they did the same thing last year. And they did the same thing the year before the year they won the Super Bowl. Their defense starts off horrendous, and then they get into form as the season moves on. It's sort of Steve Spagola, the defensive coordinator's M.O. Um, you know, he just plays very aggressive. And really, the way how he schemes that defense, he just wants them to get one big negative play per series. And, you know, which will put the offense in, you know, a long-to-go um, situation. And then, you know, that's all it really takes with the way how they – scheme in the secondary and bring the pressure to, you know, most likely be able to get a stop. But uh, so far for the first four weeks, hasn't really worked, but I have confidence that by the end of the year, the defense, I mean, it'll still be bad, but you know, it'll be, it'll be good enough to where, you know, they'll be right back probably as a favorite to win the, uh, to win the AFC by the time the playoffs roll around. But again, like I'm really, I'm really low on the Eagles too. I think the Eagles, I mean, Detroit's awful. Jacksonville's really dysfunctional. And Houston just, you know, they're they're awful as well. I mean, Houston is technically my worst-rated team, but Philly's right behind them. So, I mean, I had KC by 11. They were only laying six and a half. And, you know, that ended up being a very easy cover. You know, really, um, I mean, I, I know you like that game too, Randall. And uh, you laid a little bit on the alternate line. And that should have gotten home if not for a backdoor cover. Um, yeah, that at was – least, yeah. That was but, brutal. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, Buffalo, you know, or I'm sorry, not Buffalo. You mentioned Houston, you know, as one of your your worst teams, um, you know, in your power ratings. But and we'll talk about this uh, later in the week when we when we when we go over the games, you know, for this coming week in the NFL. But this game has my attention. I know, you know, that, uh, you know, I like the back teams that that come off of a shutout loss, uh, you know, when you're flat out embarrassed, uh, whether it be at home or on the road. And, you know, if you've played on those teams, uh, you know, the two times that it's happened this year, 
uh, the Dolphins and the Jets being both of those times. Um, you know, it's 2-0 ATS, and the Jets obviously beat the Titans uh, this past week. Um, you know, that trend since 2018 is now 11-3. and And, you know, I don't put a lot of stock into trends just simply because uh, they're trends. Um, you know, you've got to get on them pretty early on if you're late to the party you know you're probably getting screwed but what do you think just just real quick here you don't have to go into a lot of detail but what are your thoughts on that Texans New England game I think uh, New England could be a little bit flat um, you know an emotional Sunday night game against Tom Brady uh, you know they, oh. they missed the field goal to win I, I think Absolutely. nine is just too many in this spot yeah, so, I mean, and going back to what you said, I mean, the Texans couldn't have looked more pathetic, you know, shut out, you know, Davis Mills. I mean, I think they had 11 yards of offense at halftime. Like, it was one of the most future performances you'll ever see. However, this is still the NFL. You know, no team's as bad as its worst week or as good as its best week. So I actually think, you know, probably fading both of those teams or fading, you know, fading the Bills and then backing the Texans, uh, that, I mean – that's probably 2-0 this week, maybe at worst 1-1. One one. But according to my power ratings, you know, they agree with you. I have New England only as minus 7. So you are getting two points of value across that key number of 7. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I loved the Pats last week. That was my biggest play of the season. Um, you know, I just – for what I said, like that line is way too high. And also, I mean, I actually thought that, you know, Belichick, I mean, this was the most important game probably of his career, maybe not, um, you know, for some Super Bowls, but definitely for his legacy. I mean, it was a huge pride game as well for yeah. his ego, with, you know, for his ego without a doubt. And, um, you know, that's why I like the Patriots um, – or, sorry, I like the Saints the week before was because I thought, you know, I wouldn't put it past Belichick to even, you know, spend two weeks scheming for this game. And to be honest, you know, the defensive game plan that he came out with was genius. Um, and, you know – it stifled the Patriots. Brady didn't have a single touchdown pass. You know, he looked flustered for the majority of the night. But I agree. I mean, you know, that was an extremely emotional game, and they come up just short. I love to go against teams the following week, you know, in a loss like that where you're so close, you put everything into it, and you come up just short. I mean, that's demoralizing stuff. Now the Pats are 1-3. and three. Yes, they have an easy schedule coming up. Um, this is a must win game for sure, but you know, it's the old saying, if it's a must win, you must not be that good. And winning is far different than covering a nine point spread. I mean, New England is not a team that I'll lay any points with this season. I did week one. It burned me. I mean, they, they probably should have won that game. They fumbled at the end against the dolphins, but I mean, this is a team that's going to win with defense. They're going to win ball control, you know, because Mac Jones, I mean, at Alabama, he was, you know, he threw downfield. Um, you know, Belichick's just not letting him do it. He's still keeping the training wheels on. You know, I can see a heavy dose of the run. The Patriots don't have to blow these guys out. They just have to win the game. So I agree with you. I right. mean, yeah, um, and you I'm know, sure. sorry, yeah, it's got. Oh, uh, you know, it's just got. Um, you know, it's it's got a low total too. Um, exactly. Every right. time you get you get a low over under. Um, you know, I I, I honestly see you know, this game somewhere in the range of, you know, 2014, 2016. Um, I do think the Patriots win, but it won't surprise me if, you know, the Texans pull it off. I, I think that there's a lot to be said. Like you've, you've gone into detail with Belichick, you know, preparing potentially two weeks, potentially all summer, you know, for right. this return. Um, you know, I think the players are 
are definitely mentally and physically exhausted. Um, one last question here, and, and we'll wrap this this first episode of our uh, sharp betting podcast with Odds Jam up. Um, you know, I know we both had the Giants last week. You know, what did you see uh, in that game that you know led you to to take the Giants? Um, you know, as you know, I'm a Saints fan, and you know the Saints were basically you know away from home for a month, and you know one of the one of the famous uh, you know trends or, or spots, if you will, that that Dave Malinsky used to point out, who worked for Vsin. You know, he always talked about teams you know returning home after after long road trips, and you know, especially in this spot, the Saints you know returning home after the hurricane. You know, there's a lot to get in order. Um, you know, as far as family, your personal lives, um, you know, how focused they really were on that game. You know, some of them, some of them probably lost, you know, a few things in the hurricane or they had family members, you know, impacted by it. So that oh, was, yeah. that was kind of the angle that, that I looked at and, you know, I wrote about this game and, and it was just a game that the saints, you know, somehow find a way to lose or not cover. And like I told you, it reminded me a lot of, uh, you know, the year they were laying nine and a half to the Vikings in the uh, playoff game and they were penciled into the NFC yeah. championship and outright you know, they lost outright, you know. So, yeah, yeah. what did you see? Uh, what did you see in that game? Yeah, I mean, the Pats is my favorite game of the week and this is my second. Now, um, I came into the season a lot higher on the Giants, I think, than everyone else. And, uh, you know, I seem like an idiot. Um, week one where, you know, that game was actually, I think it was tied or they're down three uh, at home against Denver, but then they ended up getting run out in the second half. But the thing is like, I am actually a believer in Daniel Jones. I think that he has talent, but you know, it was just a lot of the scheme and the offensive line. And to be honest, I mean, I've been largely proven right by his play so far this year. He's not a turnover Um, machine. I thought he was a turnover machine. (laughs) Yeah, he had a kick in that Saints game, right? Yeah. Hail Mary uh, at the buzzer, end of the first half. Yeah, just uh, chucked (laughs) it up. No, but yeah, I mean, mean, to be fair, yes. I mean, early in his career, absolutely was a turnover machine. Um, This year, he only has has two. I mean, week one, I think he fumbled when he was trying to extend for the first down. I mean, I can't fault that play. I love love that kind of physical play and, and, you know, toughness out of my quarterback. And then, you know, last week, like you said, yeah, he threw a pick, but it was a Hail Mary at the end of the half. Who cares? Um, yeah, you know, that's – you know, I think one thing to just point out, you know, for, for people that maybe don't watch all of these games like we do, um, you know, box scores can be very misleading, um, you know, depending on, you know, what actually happened in the game. You know, that might be a bad example, but, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, felt that, you know, Daniel Jones turnover machine and well, he had a pick, but you know, if you watch the game, he chucked it up end of half into the end zone. It was picked off. So, you know, it's important, I think, to watch, watch as many games as you can, uh, as well as, you know, I mean, look at the, look at the box scores, but you know, I think there can be some things that, that can be misleading in there as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I, yeah, like I personally go back and rewatch every game, but, um, I mean, that's not everyone's forte. I mean, some guys are just amazing at just, I mean, I would say that's probably your strength is just, you know, just identifying the scheduling spots, you know, just, um, you know, just the public perception, things like that. Um, 
I definitely do, do take that into account, but I also do like a big part of my handicap is, you know, just matchups. And I mean, I'm a big box score guy myself. And I mean, speaking of box scores, I mean, you know, Daniel Jones threw for 400 yards last week um, in that loss against the Redskins. I mean, he actually got nominated for player of the week. I personally thought that was probably his best game as a pro. And I mean, honestly, I mean, the Giants are four points from being three and one. So, I mean, this yeah. team is not, yeah. you know, they're really not nearly as bad as people think. And just to quickly touch on other reasons why I like the Giants. Um, I mean, anyone who's been following this team since Daniel Jones has been there, um, and especially last year since Judge arrived, I mean, they've been Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, the home road splits for that team is astounding. Um, last year, I think they went 1-7 and seven, uh, ATS at home. Don't quote me on that. But on the road, I know for a fact they went 7-1. and one. And over the past – Three years, uh, they're now nineteen and six um, against the spread on the road. Um, for whatever reason, they play so much better on the road. But it's not even that. It's that when they're on the road, they're getting a lot of points. And this is a team who oftentimes finds a way to lose, but they play close games. So you know when the Giants are getting points on the road, they're a great bet, and they fit that spot again this week. But more than anything. Um, I just don't think the Saints, I mean, similar to the, to the uh, Patriots, I don't think that they should really be a large favorite to any team that's competent. I mean, obviously against, you know, those bottom three bottom feeders, yes. But, you know, up until last week, Winston, um, he, he didn't throw for over 150 yards in a game. I think he was averaging 114 passing yards through the first three games. I mean, Peyton is definitely keeping the training wheels on him as well, trying to minimize his mistakes. Um, and, you know, that's just not the recipe to cover point spreads, especially large point spreads against teams who have solid defenses like the Giants. Um, so that was a big reason, too. I mean, I was higher on the Giants than most people. And, you know, I think, I mean – I think they're a live dog this week, to be honest. I mean, no, granted, I was low on Dallas coming into the season. You know, I think McCarthy, I mean, just if you look at, at all coaches across the board over the past three seasons, he single-handedly has the worst against the spread record. I mean, if you watch Hard Knocks, you just know what a buffoon that guy is. But to his credit, yeah. um, I mean, to his credit, this year so far, they've looked good. And... You know, I don't know. I mean, I was heavy fading the Cowboys to miss the playoffs. I took a position on the Giants and the Redskins to win the NFC East. Right now, it's not looking too good, but we still have a lot of season to go. Um, you know, Giants oh, this, is, this week. Yeah. Yeah. Giants, yeah, this is, Giants, this is a classic sell high, um, you know, absolutely on right. Dallas. So, yeah, yeah, you got the clapper coming back to Dallas. So, Oh, you know, you know what? What's, I, what's I not to love about that? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so you know, that's a that's an interesting angle. But uh, you know, like I said, guys, we're uh, we're planning on doing two of these a week. Uh, we'll recap the previous week's NFL uh, as well as a podcast a little bit later in the week. You know, highlighting some games that we like for this week. So, you know, that'll that'll conclude our episode uh, of the Sharp Betting Pod with Odds Jam for today. Uh, please tune in later this week as we break down the upcoming games. Also, do not forget to subscribe to the Odds Jam YouTube channel uh, where there's a lot of good content uh, to help you 
make educated sports bets. Uh, follow Odds Jam on Twitter at Odds Jam, and then follow the uh, podcast on Twitter as well at Sharp Betting OJ. Uh, we'll be back later this week. Good luck on your bets and have a good day.